such a good day to be together. I hope that you will uh, pull out your sermon notes so we can look together. Uh, some of the scripture here is quite a long passage for us today, so I'm just highlighting some different scriptures that give us the, the idea of what Jesus is trying to accomplish here. You know, um, contrast create an impact on us. Contrast, by that I mean uh, realizing that there are different perspectives, different alternatives, different ways of thinking about things, uh, especially as we come in to encounter our relationship uh, with Jesus Christ and how he gives us uh, direction and guidance. So John chapter 8 is where we are. We are in the latter half of John 8, and Jesus presents to us some different contrast. Last week, we saw the contrast between grace and the law uh, in the story of the woman caught in adultery and the desire to stone her by the religious leaders and how Jesus responded to that. And I can still hear the dropping of those stones and uh, the, the no condemnation word from Christ. Now, Jesus presents some other contrast in this section of Scripture, and none of these are simply nice choices for us to make or even religious suggestions uh, that, that might could interest us. They are a call from Jesus to step across the line, to realize that where we once stood, Jesus offers us an alternative, a different perspective, a different way of looking at our lives, and certainly a different outcome to our lives. They are a call to Jesus, the ultimate call to life, to freedom, to eternal relationship with God in heaven. We still believe in heaven, don't we? Yes, we do. Will you take the ultimate step across the line in Jesus and spend your life with him forever. What an offer he offers to us. And he says that if we get it, if we understand it, if we apply it, the truth that he's given to us, not only the truth in a story that we can see, but in the truth of his preaching and teaching through the remainder of chapter, chapter eight. And his principle is the truth will set you free. The truth of Christ will set you free. So we're talking about uh, stepping across the line. What that means is that uh, we, you recognize that there's a place to stand and that Christ gives us an alternative where there's another way of thinking about things. There's another way of, of working and living out our life. In, um, in an event we, we call Encounter that we have a couple times a year, it's a, it's a discipling weekend, Friday and Saturday. Uh, maybe you've been a part of that. If you haven't, when you hear us talking about Encounter, it's a great event, um, such a deepening weekend. And one of the things we do at the very end is we put tape across the, the, the front of the room and then we, uh, there's a message and an invitation to come and step across the line, which many of you have done that. If you've accepted Christ, you've moved from being outside of a relationship with God into a relationship with him. Uh, you might call that stepping across the line, stepping out of an old way of thinking into Christ's way uh, of thinking. And uh, if you haven't made a decision like that, that's the call and the challenge of the Spirit of God to turn our lives toward him. And this scripture uh, gives us some ideas uh, about that, how that comes about. So four different contrasts that we want to look at. Contrast number one is the contrast light or darkness, 
light or darkness. He talks about this in verses 12 through 20 there. Uh, verse 12, uh, he says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, this is right after uh, he has encouraged the woman in adultery to go and sin no more. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Light defeats darkness every time. Light defeats darkness every time. Even in the darkest of nights in your life doesn't stand a chance against the inevitable arrival of light. Another day shows up. Isn't that true? Night may last for a while, but the Bible says joy comes in the morning. Why? Uh, we have new light uh, in the Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23 says, Therefore, uh, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So the Lord's mercy come to us every day as he brings a light, uh, an opportunity, uh, a desire to help us. Light changes everything in the midst of darkness. Uh, when we look around at that, you know, the use of light in the Bible is really staggering. Uh, how God uses it. The Father uses uh, this idea of light so much about himself and the Son and the coming of Christ. You know, our first understanding of light happens right away in the first chapter of the Bible. God says, uh, let there be light and there was light. God saw that light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. Now we think about that as far as the sun and the earth, but, it, but it's a principle that he, he brings about light that overcomes uh, the darkness. In the book of Exodus chapter 13, God used light as a protection and a guidance for the people of God. The Israelites uh, as a protection to them, he would have a cloud during the day and a fire by night to be able to keep them in light protection from the, from the darkness. Even in the New Testament, don't we see light? I mean, the, the climax of, of the Old Testament is the proclamation of the coming of the Savior, Jesus Christ, and we see him announced his coming on a hillside with shepherds in that Christmas story. And what does it say? The light was so bright that they said, uh, the angel says, don't be afraid. They were, they were stunned by the light that was offered. Um, God's creation, God's redeemer came quietly in the world, but he says, I am the light uh, of the world, light over darkness. We desperately need light, don't we? Our world is filled with darkness and evil. And it's easy to get discouraged or downtrodden because of the godlessness of our culture. But the challenge is to remember that Christ's light has already brought the victory. Amen? Amen. 
God has already accomplished. The light has been shining from the first day of creation and the, the rays reach from eternity past all the way to eternity future. And we are in this present in the middle uh, somewhere realizing that he has offered victory over darkness with the light of God shining on us. And in a world of unknown, he is completely trustworthy because he is our light. You know, God offers us light in Jesus that is better than even understanding everything. I don't understand everything. I don't understand all the things that are happening in the culture around us. But what I do know is that Christ's light still overwhelms the darkness. He is our light. He says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never, pretty strong, never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So following Jesus offers us guidance, guidance for those of us who seek him. It requires obedience. Those who long to live for the Lord, uh, we can get tempted to be weighed down by all the things that happen in our life. But he is calling us to live in the light. You know, Christianity offers us not just light, but offers us someone who is the light, our relationship with him. He is our guiding light for us every day. He is the way and the truth and the likeness and darkness stands no chance against him. He is the light of the world. Walking in darkness causes us to have obscure vision, but the spirit of Christ comes to us, bringing us light that is an encounter with the, you know, when you, when you are, encounter the light of God through Christ, it changes everything. It changes our, our perspective and it brings a, it's a, it's a stepping across the line into who he calls us to be. Jesus called himself the light of the world, uh, He's calling us the light of the world, encouraging us, just as he did the adulterous woman, to leave her darkness and to live in the light. In that moment, that woman was changed. You can be changed. You can be changed by the light of God. Jesus later in chapter 12 of John says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? It's encouraging no matter what happens in your, no matter how dark things feel for you, there's an opportunity to shine the light, to let the light shine in your heart and bring you hope in the midst of your darkness. So we need his light. We need his presence with us. Jesus says, you shall know the truth. What is the truth? That Jesus is the light. He overcomes uh, the darkness for it. He works uh, in us and transforms us. So contrast number one is the contrast between uh, light and darkness that he offers to you. Have you stepped across the line out of darkness and into his light? Are you walking in obedience to the light that God has revealed uh, in your heart and in your life? That's his encouragement to us. There's an alternative to darkness. Jesus is the light, the light of the world. Number two, contrast number two is the contrast life or death. Life or death. This is talked about in verses 21 to, to 30. He says in verse 23, You are from above, below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am He. 
you will indeed die in your sins. I'm telling you, that is one of the most amazing verses, isn't it? Such an amazing verse of scripture that is so clear about this contrast between life and death. Now, we, we, we know about this contrast. Um, you know, the Bible talks a lot about life and death. But what he's talking about here is really the ultimate difference between separation and union. Separation from God over against being united uh, with God. Um, you know, death, recognizing that it is a sense of separation. Now, we know this, don't we? I mean, we, we sense it every time we go to a funeral, don't we? You know, we go in to a, maybe a setting where we're going to visit with family and we're going to talk to them. We care about uh, their hurt and their loss. Um, and, and yet right there in front of us many times is the shell of this person. Their, their body is laying there. And we realize pretty clearly that person is not there, right? The shell is there physically. Death has pl taken place, but there's been a separation. The separation of that person, of that soul from, uh, from their body. So if physical death is a separation of the soul from the body, then spiritual death is separation of the soul from God. Jesus talks a lot about spiritual life and death. Uh, earlier in the gospel, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus in John 3. Remember, we studied all that together. And Nicodemus was confused when Jesus talks to him about being born again. And he says, how can I be born again when I am old? Am I supposed to crawl back into my mother's womb? And the answer is, of course not. That's not what Jesus is talking about. But he's offering us a spiritual truth. In order for us to understand it, he's reminding us that every one of us was spiritually dead. Every one of us. Yet you need something. We need something or someone that can help us to be reconciled and return to God so that we could have spiritual life. He's talking to Nicodemus, and right after that, we hear this verse that says it perfectly. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that no one, right, none would perish but we all, whoever would come to eternal life in Christ. Uh, that's his challenge for us, the difference between death and life, spiritually, being made alive in him. Which one do you choose, life or death, spiritual life or spiritual death? You know, when we think about the fear of death, you know, people think I'm odd, um, I had somebody ask me the other day, I was doing a, a funeral on Friday, and one of my friends in the community said, uh, I see you here all the time. Why do you do so many funerals? Uh, and I said, um, I, I like funerals. I know it makes, maybe makes me odd to you, but uh, I do a lot of funerals, and I love that because, you know, death is not the end. You know, funerals are for the living, right? Uh, so we uh, celebrate a person's life. But man, there is nothing better than knowing somebody that knows Jesus. 
knowing somebody that has made a decision uh, for Jesus Christ. Oh, man, those are, those are fantastic. Because uh, uh, I service for uh, Shirley Juckums the other day. That was, that was a fun service. Uh, you know, because she knew Jesus. I mean, she had demonstrated in so many ways in her life, and so that was, that was easy to talk about. But I think it's great to talk about together all the time the difference between spiritual life and spiritual death. You know, Jesus talks about it profoundly, and we sometimes talk about it at funerals, but death is not the end. Death for the believer is a homecoming, amen? It's a homecoming. It's a reminder that Jesus Christ has given us a life-giving relationship with him, that we can enjoy our relationship uh, with God, knowing that he has come not to separate us, but to offer us union uh, with God. See, I'm talking about here, he tells those religious leaders, you are from below, I'm from above, you are of this world and I am not of this world. Jesus said that there are different realms. There are different um, realizations of life, one above and one below, and the two will not be joined together. Christ uses this idea of the world as cosmos, and it's a word that he uses to talk about the evil world system around us. So Christ is saying that those that are scoffing at him are part of the world's evil system, but that he was not, that Christ offers an alternative to ultimate death and offering us a relationship with Jesus Christ, recognizing his work. You know, you can't, he's saying you can't mix oil and water. You can't mix light and darkness, recognizing truth over against deceit. You know, each of us is given the opportunity to experience life in Jesus Christ. And he says, if you do not believe in Christ, you will die in your sins. That means forever lost. You know, it should bother us, shouldn't it? It should bother us, these people around us that don't know Christ. It's a burden for us to be evangelistic in our message because there, there is an opportunity to step across the line in spiritual life. You know, Jesus, he describes here, he gave up heaven so that we could get heaven. He gave it up. He sacrificed his place and he came. Somebody told me one time, said, well, he didn't really give anything up because he went right back to heaven. Do you know that Jesus has forever been impacted because he came to this earth? Do you know the scars are still there? The pain and suffering. See, to say that he didn't really accomplish anything is really just downplaying the magnitude of what Jesus did uh, for us. He gave up heaven, came and walked among us, faced every temptation that we face so that he could offer you heaven. So he could offer you spiritual life. He tells these leaders, no uncertain terms, that they cannot get to heaven on their own. The way to heaven has been barred by sin. So here's our dilemma. We were made, we were created to know God, enjoy God, live with, live for God, but we rebelled. And our rebellion has made it impossible for us to get back to God, to know God, to enjoy God, to live for God. Human religion is an attempt to get back to God. It's our effort to kind of regain what was lost. But Jesus basically says here to the most religious men of his time, you can't do it. 
You can't get there. You can't get to heaven. Your sin will always bar the way. But Jesus came to knock over the barricades that have been placed in our way. What is he talking about? It's kind of like if there was a spiritual or religious maze kind of attempting us to get toward God. Maybe as you're making your way through this maze, you would come to a doorway that said good works. But that door would be locked because you can't experience heaven on the basis of good works. Maybe the, the other angle, you would go a different direction, and on the door it would say sincerity. Oh, sincerity won't get you in either. It, it, it simply is a barricade uh, that is there. Every one of those turns is a dead end. There is no relief. But Jesus came to us to offer us spiritual life in Christ. He says, I am the way. You can't get there any other way. So he comes and he kicks down all the barricades so that we can make our way to a place called heaven. How did he do that? First of all, he lived a perfect life. In verse 29, it says that Jesus did everything that was pleasing in God's sight. So no one other than Jesus can say that. Only Jesus is without sin. He died for sinners. He gave himself for us. He said, I would be lifted up, verse 29, so that all people will know that I am. That I, you know what he's saying right there? He says, I am God. He's reflecting back on God speaking to Moses through the burning bush when he says, I am that I am. He said, for you to know that I am God, I am the Savior, I am the one uh, that offers you life. So Jesus lived perfectly, and he comes to offer us spiritual life over against uh, death. All of that takes faith. All that's required is for us to believe the difference between life and death have you stepped across the line are you alive in your spirit I don't know how long you will live physically here none of us know that we have no guarantees but I can tell you this if you've stepped across the line and you're experiencing spiritual life today you will have spiritual life for all eternity with Christ do we believe that kind of quiet in here so um Contrast between light and darkness. Contrast between life and death. Uh, between separation and union. Contrast number three. Contrast three is between freedom and bondage. Freedom and bondage. Verse 31. Jesus is continuing to talk to them, giving us these contrasts. He says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know, you will know the truth and the truth will what? Set you free. We know that verse very well, right? What I'm, what I'm trying to get you to realize today is he's not just talking about a generally knowing truth. He's talking about these truths that do you recognize the truth between light and darkness? Light will set you free between life and death because you can end up in spiritual death as well as physical death or you can have the light of the world bring life to you and spiritually alive. He's talking the same thing about freedom and bondage. Here's what they said, the religious leaders. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. 
How can you say that we should be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. He's saying, when you step across the line there, and I notice several things about what he's talking about here. He is basically saying the difference between freedom and bondage is recognizing that you're in bondage. That if you don't recognize it, you can't be free unless you recognize that you're in prison. The first step towards true spiritual freedom is to recognize the slavery and that you don't have the ability to set yourself free. These religious leaders, oh, excuse me, Jesus. We've never been slaves. What are you talking about being made free? Well, if you read any of the Old Testament, you know they spent a lot of time in bondage. Uh, Judges tells us that they were in bondage to like seven different nations. Uh, They were in bondage at some time to the Assyrians and to the Babylonians in exile. And there were, uh, even now, these guys knew about the slavery of the Roman Empire. But they're fooling themselves, right? Spiritually, we've never been slaves to anyone. Uh, They were enslaved to false God. Have you noticed that we don't like to be told that we're enslaved? I know I drink a little bit, but I could just quit anytime. I, I, I could change that about my life anytime I want to. You know, we, we don't like that. We don't like to be, uh, to admit that we are uh, in bondage, uh, that we might be enslaved by something around us. But Jesus tells us that we all have been slaves to sin. See, I can't be found unless I recognize that I'm lost. I can't be forgiven until I recognize that I'm guilty. And I can't be loving until I recognize that I have hate in my heart. I can't be free until I recognize that I don't have the key to set myself free from this prison I'm in. I mean, just in case you're like these Pharisees, he says, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. So many of us have struggled with sin in our life, and we've been enslaved by that. But Jesus Christ came to break the slavery of sin. Hallelujah. Jesus came into our lives to give us new and incredible freedom in, in him. So we're recognizing that we have been, we can be enslaved, but he's asking us to step across the line, out of our bondage into freedom, making room in our life for God to work, not being hard-headed and thinking that we got everything under control, humbling ourselves before him and letting the truth that Jesus is our freedom. You know, if you tried to set yourself free over and over and over again, don't you realize that that same key that never works is not going to start working if the key won't open it then you've tried tried all these things and relationships and things to try to find peace i just encourage you the peace the freedom is in christ alone nothing else will bring you that freedom that's his encouragement he says that's the truth that will set us free so we need a new key Sometimes we get trapped into doing the same thing over and over again. And it's not what God wants me to do. It's not based on his word. He's asking me to be set free. Look at verse 47. He says, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. 
So once I'm adopted, once I listen to my father's voice, it follows then that I'm given this opportunity to experience freedom. I listen to his voice and he guides me into the freedom that he desires for us. He's encouraging us to step into the light, to step into life, to know the freedom that he could bring. What if, what if God would really set you free today? What if the Spirit of God would take all those things that have really been like chains on you, holding you down, holding you back? What a transformation. You remember when he set you free? You remember when you were carrying all that weight, you know how it felt. It feels like a massive weight on your chest, and you just can't get over it. It seems like it never goes away until the day that you meet Jesus, and you realize that his truth brings light instead of darkness, and brings life instead of death, and brings freedom over bondage. That is stepping across the line into what he offers for us. What a, what a word. So he, his, his last contrast here, number four, is realizing the contrast between honor and dishonor. Uh, he, he wants you to know that he says, I'm not possessed by a demon, Jesus said, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. So he wants us to live in honor for him. So you're either bound or free. You're either in life or you're in death. And so he's encouraging us, reminding us to follow him, to put our trust in him. So recognizing that our walk with God, our relationship with God is what's going to make the difference and to bring us into a relationship with him. So what's, what's he talking about here in this scripture? All, all the time that we come to him, we have to decide who we're going to trust. Who we're going to trust. I, I, I know that you are a bunch of trusting people because you, you go to somewhere like Walgreens or Walmart and you walk right up to the counter there and there's this person behind the counter that you don't even know and there's these other people back there and they're putting things in bottles and in bags there and you walk up and you see this thing that you can't read and you hand it to them and they give you some medicine and you go home and take it. <laughs> What's wrong with us? We trust that the people that made this I'm going to put the right stuff in there, and the doctor knows what he's doing. We're a trusting bunch, are we? I mean, you, you go to a restaurant, you don't even see those people that are cooking your food. You have no idea who's in that back room over there. And here they come, you know, and they're putting it down there, and you say a prayer, and then you eat that. Just a, we're a trusting bunch. I, I mean, and beyond that, even our physical bodies. I mean, think about that. Think about all the people that we trust with helping us to be healthy and physically when we have sickness or we go to the hospital or we have problems. So here's the question. Who are you trusting for your spiritual life? Who are you trusting? You, you have to decide, am I going to trust Jesus? Now, you could trust yourself. Now, notice that you've only been here like 30 or 50 or 75 years. That's pretty short time compared to Jesus, right? Now, you're going to put your trust in you? 
You're going to be the authority in your life with the limited information that you have about your life? Or you can decide to see the contrast, to see what he offers. You know, there are, there are a lot of reasons to trust Jesus. He, he, he's God. He's perfect. He never lies. He's never sinned. And he's so loving. And on and on and on. I can make a long list, right? But here, here's one of the things to know for sure. Is that he gave up heaven so you could go to heaven. I mean, if you can find somebody else who has sacrificed more for you than Jesus did, trust them. But if you can't find anybody else to sacrifice like that for you, you have, he has earned the trust that, that he wants you to have in him. It brings you light. Think about the, con the contrast here. With Jesus, light, life, freedom, honor. Without Jesus, without Jesus, darkness, death, bondage, dishonor. It's not even a choice, is it? I'm not going to trust in my own way and live it. I'm going to trust him. You see, Jesus came to set you free. I mean, when you look at, when we look at our lives, look at the people around us in our lives, we recognize that there are so many of us that are struggling with freedom, allowing selfishness in our own ways to guide us. But we come to Jesus Christ. Jesus sets us free. Jesus helps us to abide in the things of God. Jesus can help us to stop resisting and stop making excuses about the things that hold us in, in bondage. We come to him today. We come to Jesus and we confess that he is the Savior, that he is the Lord, that he has all power to overcome our darkness, to overcome our bondage. Jesus says if we confess that he is God, if we believe in him, if we trust in him and recognize the offer that he has given to us. Uh, it's already yours. It's already been provided. You recognize what he has given to you. He wants your life to be so filled with his grace and his glory, and he's desiring you to work in him. This, this whole scripture is really phenomenal. If you haven't read this passage, I hope that you'll go back and read it. One thing I want you to notice at the very end, um, there, these people are struggling and he says in verse 59, I am, Jesus said, at that they picked up stones to stone him. You know what it was? He presents the contrast and they can't handle it. They couldn't handle it. They were so angry that they reached down to the ground. Do you realize that there's two places in the same chapter where it talks about stones being thrown? The first is those Pharisees that wanted to stone the adulterous woman and remember those stones drop on the ground as they walk away. But now they're thinking about stoning Jesus. Uh, such an interesting word there. They, um, they don't want to trust him. They want to pick up stones. To throw. So for us, we're either picking up stones to throw them at Jesus uh, or we're dropping our stones and coming before him on our knees, trusting him, trusting in Christ. Now, the, the whole message here today is, is a reminder that, that Jesus has one thing in mind. Now, I, I don't know what your goals are for your life. Now, I, I meet people that, you know, their goal is to, uh, to get healthy and lose a few pounds. 
Some people have this goal of, um, you know, making a certain amount of money or accomplishing some things in their life. I don't know what your life goals are, but here's what Jesus wants your life goal to be. Our life goal is heaven. Amen. Heaven. Do you want to go to heaven? Jesus says, if you don't believe in me, you will die in your sin. That basically means hell. You will be lost. You know, this society we live in, uh, you know, it's easy even as a believer, even as a pastor, you know, you, uh, you hate to just be so condemning of people, right? You know, you, you know it's, it's hard sometimes to tell the truth, but we can't hedge it. There's only one way to go to, don't you want to go to heaven? Is that your plan? Is that your desire? To go to heaven? That's his, y'all are very excited about heaven. You heard so much about heaven, you just forgot how glorious it is. I'm telling you, when you get to heaven, you'll wonder why you worried about all this other stuff. Because you, you got this little sliver of your life, 30, 50, 80, whatever the number is for you. You got this little sliver of your, he's talking about for all eternity in the presence of God. You should do everything in your power every day of your life to make sure you're going to heaven. It, when you get there, you'll wonder why I didn't talk about it and anticipate it every day of my life. All these things that I worried about, all these things that I struggled over, Jesus says the number one thing, step across the line, light, life, freedom, honor, heaven. Now we sing this song. Now we sing it like upbeat celebration, but this song says, when we all get to heaven. I love the word when, don't you? <laughs> the song does not say, if we all get to heaven. When. Or maybe, it says when we all get to heaven. Now you realize it's just a song, but Jesus is talking about there's requirements. You gotta step across the line. You gotta make a decision. You gotta experience spiritual life in him. But aren't you excited? When we all get to heaven. Are you in the all? When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we will sing and shout the victory, right? Before you leave today, decide, am I going to heaven? You're not gonna get there by good works or sincerity, or because you love your grandma. You know, they ask people all the time, they do these surveys. Do you think you're gonna go to heaven? You know what the most clear answer is? I hope so. I hope so is not a very good answer. The truth is, if you know Jesus Christ, you have stepped across the line, heaven can be your home. I think heaven will be my home. I was visiting yesterday, and I heard that. Well, I hope so, Pastor. I said, hey, hey, wait a minute. I, I stood up. I said, listen here. How long have you been serving Jesus? 
You know, because things can cause you to doubt. Things can cause you to be in a struggle. Don't let the situations that happen around you externally. You know, I see it in older people quite often. You get sick, problems happen, your body doesn't work quite like it does. You know, instead of just complaining, just rejoice because it's coming. It's coming. The Bible says that my body is getting weaker and weaker, actually deteriorating. Everybody in here is dying, including me, right? It's not getting any better. I mean, my knee is sore this week. I don't know why. I just like, I want to complain about it. But it's not, it's it's just going to go, it's just going to keep on going like that, right? But inside, because of Jesus, I've taken a position that changes everything. And when I get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. She's played enough of that. Let's stand and sing that. All right, we're on the, we're on the chorus right there. Uh, we'll sing the chorus, and then we'll sing that first verse. Sing it out. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will That's pretty good. While we were singing that, I wondered if everybody in here knew what that was about. Maybe that's an old song you hadn't heard in a long time. You know, today in this place, you can know that you're, go- you're going to heaven. Don't walk out of here without that certainty. Give up your darkness and turn to the light. Give up your bondage and find freedom in him. Because there's a destination at the end of this walk. I don't know if you're in this place today, but I want to say a prayer. And I love you to bow with me. And, you know, just say yes to Jesus. Say no to darkness and no to death and no to bondage. Say no to all those things and receive light and life and freedom in him. So I hope you can walk out of this room today. We're going to sing it again. And uh, maybe there's a few of you that were wondering about what we're up to today. God has a destination for you. Heaven can be your home. This little period of your life is just a small amount compared to what he is offering to you. Step across the line. Give your life to Christ and let heaven be your home. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the energy and the enthusiasm in this, in this room today. Thank you for taking this time to talk to religious people, some of them just like us, Lord. Thank you for it helping us to admit our darkness, our sin. 
Help us to repent, to give up our bondage that we find ourselves, all of our, our habits and choices and attitudes, maybe that we've been carrying around for a long time. Lord, if, there, if there's just one person in this room, there's probably more than that. But whoever they are, if they're in this room and today they still feel trapped, they feel in bondage, maybe they're fearful of how to let this stuff go. Today, Lord, open your arms wide. Come rushing in. Tell us, Lord, of your love for us. Remind us of the sacrifice that you've made on the cross and shine your light into our darkest place. Give us freedom from bondage and remind us that as we honor you, there is eternal life in Christ. May for all of us not be if we go. Maybe, I hope so. May it be when we all get to heaven. Help us today step across the line and may it be for all eternity. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his Praise God. Praise the Lord.